here's how this goes. So maybe this is the first one of these that you're listening to. That's okay with us. We'd like for you to come along. Once you get an idea of what this is, it's really kind of cool. Today, in just a few minutes, we're going to be investing in a look at really what's the center of the country, a well-known juggernaut market with an intense and competitive media environment. And who do we talk to but one of the top market managers in the country who will give us a peek inside the job, his path that propelled him into this job, what he believes about radio now and in the future. That's coming up. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. What you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing stories of an amazing radio pro, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. Now listen up. We provide affordable help for broadcasters in all market sizes looking to make more money. Sounds interesting, right? We are branding specialists who help our local clients and local radio markets fully develop the right position for their local radio brands. We coach local morning shows and other talents, design and execute station architecture. We provide weekly music updates and even produce a daily music log for you if that's what you need. We provide excellent voice trackers, sales and promotional ideas that move the revenue needle and more. We are all about strategy and process and behavior and encouragement. We are confidential and market exclusive for radio. Do you have a problem that gets in the way of that next level revenue, getting your revenue back to 19, maybe going beyond that? Reach out anytime. F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. It'll be a big surprise for you, the things that we do. How can we help you? Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events at JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. We are just a minute or two away from talking with Mark Harrell. Now, he is the market manager, the VP, the general manager, whatever you want to call it, for uh, uh, Steel City Media in Kansas City. Now, before we get started, here's what we got planned for you this Thursday. It's coming up just a few days from now. We call it Selling Radio on Main Street. This is our Q4 revenue event for radio sellers and sales managers focused on boosting your revenue in Q4. I'm not making this up. New clients are always surprised that we don't focus only on programming at Rainmaker Pathway. This business is about value and revenue and Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. We color outside the lines all the time to bring our clients more revenue and value. Thursday on the podcast, we will hear firsthand from frontline experts on how they've adapted and remained successful in a more complex sales environment, their strategies to retain customers, how they plan to increase their revenue and maybe yours in 2023. You want to be a part of that. You definitely will want to be here. Our special roundtable guests for this show include senior marketing executives, Carlene Swenson. She is with Cumulus Media in Dallas and Jim Fairs. Now he's with Odyssey in Greensboro, North Carolina. We dropped this episode on Thursday only on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, and Spotify. It's the thing you're listening to right now. I'm very fortunate that we have Alec Drake, who's with Drake Media Group, also in Dallas. He's going to be our co-host for this revenue-only focused event Thursday on the podcast. You can see our full guest calendar all the way through. Oh, my goodness. We're scheduling late November and December right now, which means there's tons of people for you to look at that are coming up on the podcast. Every Monday, we have a new episode. Of course, it's in the free blog section at rainmakerpathway.com. We do not lock away anything on our site the way some consultants do. That's because we believe in this theory of abundance. Ask me about it. Sometimes I'd love to share it with you. Go to rainmakerpathway.com anytime. See what you can get for free from our team. Mark Harrell is the VP and market manager over Steel City Media their radio cluster in Kansas City. And look, we get a little time with him to talk about his team, their approach, his career, how he creates his world today, along with the tough business of revenue generation in the 21st century and what the future of radio will look like. Are you ready? Mark, welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally. How are you, sir? 
Doing great. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you. You're from Wichita. Is that right? Was there something more appealing for you in the larger city? I am. I'm, I'm from Wichita, Kansas, uh, born and raised there, and then went to college afterwards um, and always knew that I wanted to get to a big city. I, I thought it would be a bigger city than Kansas City. I did have a, a short stint out in Los Angeles. Um, oh. I, I loved L.A., but it was um, not that big city vibe that I want. So I came back here to Kansas City thinking I would end up in New York or Chicago. And here I am 25 years later, still here and, and would not leave Kansas City if someone offered me something. <laughs> it's really kind of it's really kind of amazing what life does to you, right? And how the twists and turns take you where you're supposed to be. I'm guessing very much. And 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 you know, when you're young, you you have all these um, aspirations and dreams, and you, you think uh, what the lifestyle in a big city is. Um, it, it's it's not always that. You know, you you have to make sacrifices when you go somewhere, right? I mean, not exactly. everyone is is um, able to have space, have a yard, have you know, money to travel, have, you know, everything that they want. So you choose what's important to you. And um, Kansas City was the environment uh, after I grew up a little bit that this was the perfect place for me to stay and, and develop a career and a family. Well, this is a great place to talk about growing up because you have a degree in journalism. Tell us about your goal when you went to the University of Kansas. Sure. So when I first started going to KU, and by the way, I just have to say uh, Kansas Jayhawks 4-0, uh, in football, which is, you know, we, we have a nice run about every other decade. So very happy about that and the win this last um, Saturday. But uh, when I first went to KU, I was in the um, business school. So I knew that I wanted to do marketing or something in the marketing world. And at that time, they've since changed the whole program. But at that time, uh, it, it was really kind of in the business school uh, but as I went further down that path, I realized it was a lot more accounting and business management. And Ooh. I think it was my sophomore <laughs> year, I took intro into advertising with uh, Dr. Tim Bankston. And anyone who went to KU, you know, around that time in the 90s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, uh, had him. He was super uh, thrilling, exciting, fun. And he really just made me fall in love with the advertising world. And as soon as I was done with that class, I thought this was the path of marketing that I wanted to go down. So after that class, I changed my major from business to journalism and proceeded to go down the journalism path and, and career and um, still using that to this day, which, you know, I'm one of the rare people who am using the degree that I got still. To, yeah, know, we know years later. <laughs> oh, dude, we know on this program right here, it's rare that somebody's actually doing that. Now, I know that there was no such thing as Don Draper back then. But looking back and knowing that knowledge now, did you kind of think I'm going to be like Don Draper? You know what I mean? Did you kind of have that? OK, this is the thing I'm looking for kind of attitude. I honestly, at that time, wanted to make money. And oh. I just was very, very money hungry. And I was on a path. Um, and then, you know, with marketing and everything and then sales. So so like my background, you know, I'm a GM that had a background in sales. And, and mm -hmm. it wasn't um, these these programming, you know, the old school was, was a lot of the programming people became your um, GMs. But I wanted a commission-based um, position where I was in charge and I did not have a same salary every single year that I was the man of my own destiny and I could go out there. And if I wanted to make more, it was up to me to make more. So dude, does um, that make you brave? Probably. And, you know, you, you have to remember I'm, I'm in my early twenties and young and we all think that we are invincible. And I sure had the attitude that I was invincible and I could um, go anywhere and um, could sell anything. And I just believed in that. And so you know, um, even at KU, you know, once I moved over into the journalism school, I went to um, work for the Kansan, which is mm -hmm. the uh, uh, daily newspaper that was at KU. And, you know, I worked my way up there. And when I left, I was running the Kansan and the GM of the Kansan, um, which was the fifth largest daily in the state of Kansas at that time. So it was um, 
I guess I always just kind of fell into it and I just wanted to climb up and I wanted to do more, more, more and better and, and better than what I did before and just set personal records and just kind of keep climbing. What in the hell happened to you that you ended up in the radio business? <laughs> right, right, right. So, I, and I never planned on that at all. I mean, and, and um, I was actually a big uh, print believer. And so I remember I had in my sales strategy class, um, Diane O'Byrne, who, who is in this market and, and still working with several clients. She, uh, at that time, I believe she was the uh, working over at 101 The Fox, which mm. was a ra- or is a radio station here. And I remember in class, she would always talk about radio and I would raise my hand. I'd be like, well, what about print? <laughs> um, yeah, and, right. and we always kind of had this war. And, and so at, at that point, you know, I never thought that that radio was in my path. Uh, when I moved out to L.A. after graduation, I worked for the L.A. Weekly and O.C. Weekly, which was owned by Village Voice Media. Um, so always, again, kind of went down that uh, path and, and just thought it would stay there. But when I moved to Kansas City in 2001, it was July 2001. I can always remember it because it was before 9-11. So I always remember Mm. um, the year when I moved back. And I had one friend who worked at a radio station. And I thought it sounded fun and exciting. And I thought, you know, I'm going to give it a shot and see. Uh, And so... um, Wait a minute. Also, you can sell anything at that point. You're young. (laughs) You're like... Correct. Correct. I'm like, how how hard can it be? And, and, you know, moving from print to you're like, okay, so this is something different and and shiny and and, um, new to me, obviously not a new medium by any means, but uh, new to me. And, you know, I thought I'd I'd give it a shot and I gave it a shot and um, it was definitely hard. I mean, those were the days where you didn't get a list, you didn't get anything. And again, being the cocky kid that I was, you know, I expected that I deserved more and I felt like I was doing a lot for the station and, and, you know, I wanted to grow quicker and bigger, um, than the path does, which is no different than today. <laughs> I mean, people right. who get into it, who don't have the experience, you know, they expect that they're going to be making six digits, you know, right, right after no, that wait, first you, year. <laughs> you always see yourself as an aggressor? Uh, yeah. Because that's that's yes. an interesting word, right? I mean, ambitious, aggressive, you know. Yes, very much. I, I would say the older I've got, the less that that has come out or maybe I've just learned to finesse it where I'm not as um I, I guess the word is aggressive. I mean I'm not so in your face that I probably was then. So maybe more polished now. Um you know, so- uh, <laughs> listen, I, I came up on the programming side and was known as being super aggressive. And I know exactly what you're talking about that when you take on elements of maturity, it changes how you see that. Very and much in, you, in your approach. Like yeah. I would say that probably where I want to go and what I want to do is the same drive and um, focus that it is then. But uh, I'm just not as maybe manic or. or yeah, you know, whatever um, that thing was. As what it is. <laughs> yeah, that thing that you and I did in our 20s and our 30s, probably we we would not do that today. We know yeah. better than that, right? No, absolutely. And, and you know, I didn't care then about ruffling feathers, and now right. I do. And, yeah. you know, you, 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 you do want to be heard. You don't want to put people on the defense. You don't want people to roll their eyes and say, look at this right. kid who thinks that they're going to, you know, do this or do that. You just, you, you just want your actions to speak for themselves. So you just put your head down now, and you just do it. And then hopefully um, people will take notice, and, and people will see that. Well, now, Mark, you know, this is this whole podcast focused on radio. So I got to ask this question because, you know, people don't want to know about it. Have you ever had the desire to be on air or be a morning show talent or any other position on the programming side of our business? So uh, strangely so, I have I have not. And, and I get asked that a lot. And when people mm-hmm. hear that I'm in radio, you know, the first question is always, oh, do I hear you on the air? Or are you on the air? Okay. And I'm like, no, my. Um, my program directors uh, go at all costs to keep me uh, off the air. <laughs> I, I right. do enjoy it. Um, I will go on, you know, one of my radio stations had an anniversary. I, I think it was their like 22nd year. I brought in champagne. They put me on the air. We did, you know, the morning show together. 
Um, there's a wow. couple features that they will have me cut something. So I, I get a teeter in it, but that is not my forte. And, you know, sitting in this chair, you want to put the best uh, radio on the air. And I am self-aware enough to know that is not me, nor does it include me. Um, so there's some I talented people the- <laughs> in your building, right? <laughs> there are, and, and a lot of yeah. pros. And, and we're very lucky with the four heritage stations that we have, that we have people on all four that have been on the air for many, many years. And and so you let them do. And if they want to come on and you want to say on the air, congratulations, or give a note, you know, you know how to do that respectfully. But um, as far as full time, uh, no, no. All right. No, so no, no. so listen, <laughs> you joined what is now Still City Media in 2003. What has led you to become the market manager? Because you didn't start out in that role. I'm talking about even in this incarnation. And I mean, you know. Yeah, very, very um, beginning. So I, uh, you know, I I was in radio for about a year and a half. And then I had an opportunity to switch clusters and and come over at that point would have been CBS properties. Um, Came over, started selling for one of the stations, KFKF. Uh, we mm. have four, but uh, 941 KFKF, I was just a seller. And back in those days, you didn't sell the cluster. You you sold one station. Um, you know, you were friendly with others. You would pass leads. You had people that you wanted, you know, to, to help out. But at the end of the day, it was whether you got your station on or not. Um, and then I'm sure you would say that if you're in Kansas City and you're selling KFKF, that's that's a good one to pick. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it's a heritage station. I mean, even so this year is our 59th year. But, you know, in a few months, we're going into our 60th year. Same dial position, same format. I think it's one of only two in the nation um, that have been around this long. So, I mean, really massive heritage property. And uh, I had a blast and it was great. But then again, you know, being this young um, cocky kid who yeah. who wanted to keep climbing up. Um, I wanted to get into management, and you know there weren't any opportunities, so I just did what you know I had been taught, and that was look left and look right and see where there is a hole, mm-hmm. identify that hole, and come up with a plan to plug it. And so I went to uh, our director of sales at that time and the GM at that time. And I said, you know, here's an opportunity that I think we have. We have these new sellers that are coming to this industry and they don't really have a training or, um, a way to be successful. Why don't, you know, you let me handle all of the new people. Why don't you let me train them? And then we'll let these new people come in. Cause it's so hard to sell one station to be cluster sellers and let me, mm-hmm. uh, manage them. Because if they're out in front of someone, isn't it better to have four stations that you're representing rather than, you know, send four new people out to this? And um, they, they, I mean, I say fell for it, but, you know, maybe it was a good plan. I don't remember. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you know where this plan was leading you even back then? Did, was this no. a calculated, you know, I can do this and I'm going to end up managing is what I'm going to do. And I and, knew oh, in a bigger sense. In a bigger sense, not just these new sellers, but did you know it would lead to other things? I had hoped. I mean, this mm-hmm. was this was the first step to show that I am aggressive and I have a passion and I want to be here long term. And if I can do this and I can prove this to be successful, then when there is an opportunity and, you know, in radio and in any industry, you don't know mm-hmm. when the opportunity is going to be there. You just have to be ready for it. That's I right. hope that they would look at me. And th- that was a hope. And again, you know, maybe a little naivete of, of my no, 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 at that no. time, but it worked out. No, I disagree. I think it's a great strategy. And in fact, I'm going to point it out right now. I wish I had a bell. I could go ding, ding, ding. You know, <laughs> this is a great thing that for anybody to do. You are imagining and imaging yourself as what you want to become. And, and you're saying at that point, to go back in time with you, I'm more than just a great seller. I can contribute more at a higher level. And and that causes you to be seen in a different light, I think. I, it, it absolutely does. And even, even today, I, I feel like you have to be the position and, and, and do the work beforehand. Obviously, I was asking for permission at that time. But when people come to me, all the time. And they say um, they want to grow in the company. You know, I really encourage them to start acting like that anyways. And they're like, well, people won't respect me because I don't have the title. And I'm very, very 
keen to point out that um, you don't need the title title for respect. Respect is earned. It's not demanded. And so just because you have the title does not mean that people are going to respect you. And if you can earn their respect as a peer, then you can naturally progress into that leadership position without all of the speed bumps and the roadblocks that a lot of times just promoting someone will have. Now, uh, I'm assuming this led you to a sales manager role. Is that right? Correct. So so I probably was not even in this position for a year um, when it was announced that CBS was selling uh, any market that was not in the top 20. And so of Kansas course. City, I think at that time was number 29. Uh, and it had been announced that uh, Wilkes Broadcasting was going to come in and uh, acquire us. And right. so at that time, you know, I was still this this uh, new business development uh, kind of cluster position, which wasn't part of any regular model. Uh, and when he was coming in and deciding what he wanted to do, you know, I mean, and, and what changes he wanted to make, uh, I was not part of that initial uh, discussion. And then some things kind of led to other steps. And I went in again and said, Hey, I'm here. You know, why, why not think of me and and look at me? And because I was already in that and and took those um, steps to get into management, uh, uh, I was promoted to be the GSM of KMXV, which would be our top 40 station. Okay. And I'm saying twice you took the initiative. And if you're listening to this, I don't care if you stumble across it because of a link. I don't care if you're, you're, you're a subscriber. Thank you. Uh, this is an example of initiative and it's almost always recognized. It's incredible. Those are two key moments that pivoted you up in that organization. And then you became the market manager. Yeah. So, so from there, uh, another opportunity to be GSM of another station. So, uh, um, then I was, I was running two stations and then at that point, I, I, I believe it was 2009, um, yeah. some changes were made and then I was put into the position of, of market manager. And was that a, was that a natural occurrence for everybody or did everybody go, Oh, <laughs> I I think it was natural, um, especially because of the ownership of Wilkes Broadcasting. You know, Jeff Wilkes uh, taught me a lot, was very, very hands on. You know, I'm I'm a young kid with no real management experience. And so I'm I'm probably a a dream in his eyes because I could really be molded to his way. And I didn't have these. Um, bad habits that that right. he deemed to be bad sales management habits that he had to break me of. So right. I think he leaned on me from the get go uh, that he bought us. And so I do think at that point, you know, it had been three years under Wilkes, and I think I had earned um, enough of not only just respect, but I think the the company did know that I was kind of his right-hand person and uh, it was natural at that time. Well, also Jeff doesn't have an, a lot of ambiguous opinions. I don't think. No, very much. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you know where you stand, you know what he's thinking. And um, I just think, you know, it, and especially on, on both sides, programming side, probably at that point didn't have a lot of interaction with me still didn't mm-hmm. have a ton, um, you know, after he purchased, cause he did have a head of programming that worked closely with all of the um, PDs. Jeff kind of ran his company as a three prong approach. You had someone over sales, which was him. And so he and I worked together on everything. Then you had someone over programming, which worked with the PDs. And then you had someone over the business office. Did um, you just tell me that Jeff Wilkes runs his company with him over sales? Very much. Yeah. I mean, that is every, very everything. interesting sales, you know, in, in his philosophy. And I still, um, when I say this, I mean, it, 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 there's a balance, but sales, you know, rules the roost and, and you, you really have to, um, do what you need to, especially when you're small and private to do what it takes to get that money. And at, at that point, I think it was at any and all cost. You know, now again, the older you get and the more you finesse, there's a way to um, get the money, do what's right for on air, do what's right for oh, the yes. client, do what's right for the seller, and make it all work in a pretty bow, uh, which is, you know, what we spend a lot of time doing now. 
Yeah, I know you're not going to be surprised with this, Mark. I do this with clients all the time. I'm asked questions, especially from sales managers. They're like, well, how do you most effectively, you know, motivate your team? And one of my big answers is always, you got to show that you're in the street with them. Absolutely. That you're going to go out, that you're going to be a part of it, that you're a part of them and that you do it in front of them. And boom, they're like children. They'll go, oh, that's how you do it. You you have to be in the trenches. You you have to, um, you can't just be a manager that when someone comes in and vents about the market, the conditions, oh my God, COVID's terrible. Oh my God, this is it. This, this is killing me, the in, in inflation, whatever it is, whatever that that challenge is to go get the money. You don't yeah. want to just sit there and say, I don't understand. You want to be able to bring your own examples of what you're going through and how, how frustrating it is to you. And when you can yeah. share those war wounds and when you can teach and when you can say, well, I tried this. Why don't you try this? Now you're helping and you're not just preaching um, from the pulpit and you That's- are out there sitting in the pews and you're you're out there doing anything and everything with that person. And and I've always believed that. I make my managers carry a list. I still handle national and I, I have a small list on the side just to keep my finger on the pulse and to make sure. And if there's any story that someone needs from um, a ratings perspective or a direct perspective or an idea perspective. I mean, I have something that I can pull out and say, well, I just tried this last week. You should try this. Or I can say, Hey, I pitched this. It didn't, it didn't um, get purchased, but this is a great idea can someone else um, use this. And, and you're just very hands-on. And I think that um, earns respect from your team. Amen, brother. Of all the things that you said, and we've not talked about this, but I'm going to tell you, if you want to know how it works and you want to know how to gain that respect, you just ride along with Mark a little bit and he'll tell you all about it. He'll show you. He'll show you. This is this is a great example of what that is. Now, let's brag a little bit. Tell us about your radio stations and your cluster in Kansas City. Sure. So as I mentioned before, we have four heritage radio stations. Um, I always I always joke when I when I talk about the radio stations, I do everything in alphabetical order as to show no favorites. <laughs> um, so we have KBQ, which is our uh, young country station. So that's going to be playing all of the new music uh, that's coming out in country radio. We have Casey Casey, which is our uh adult contemporary station and more like an adult to hit station where uh, massive cube station and, and uh, massive appeal that's going to play uh, from all of the different decades, all of the hits from eighties, nineties, two thousands songs that came out a couple years ago. Uh, then we have KFKF, which I kind of touched on. That is going to be our heritage country station. Um, so that is going to play more of the heritage hits and all of the big monsters of when radio was in its uh, or when country music was in its heyday from the 90s to early 2000s and then any of those core artists that came from that decade if should they come out with a new song or a real real big hit um kf will play that but having the two country stations it's it's nice to keep a separation there and then i can imagine that's two two great stations to have in kansas city Absolutely. And you, you, you try to kind of, you know, lay them on top of each other and say, okay, you're going to be more here on these decades. And then on the other end, you're going to be more here. And then obviously there's going to be a little overlap in the uh, middle, but, you know, having the ability to program them together makes it a lot um, more advantageous. And then the last station we have KMXV, um, which is going to be really the only true top 40 CHR station here in Kansas city. That's been around uh, uh, for uh, several decades and and just has a lot of heritage docs and uh, a lot of fun. Look at you and all these heritage stations. All right. <laughs> Look, several of your stations have significant, significant involvement in the community. I mean, real involvement. What drives that within your cluster, especially the work that you all do to help children? Yeah. So I, I would say, you know, with, um, Kids that that even started, you know, well before me. So KFKF uh, has been the partner for the St. Jude Radiothon since I believe it was 1996. So many, many years that that we have been a partner with St. Jude and um, one of the earlier adopters of that St. Jude Radiothon. um, And and my program director is very proud of this. He's been very involved and we do things year round for St. Jude. Uh, in, In fact, 
my program director of the other country station, KBQ, when uh, he came over, he had done a lot with St. Jude, and he was very passionate about St. Jude as well. And obviously, country music uh, is a, a big following when it comes to St. Jude. And so KBQ started doing the Radiothon as well two years ago. So now both country stations do, at the same time, a two-day radiothon, all trying to raise money for St. Jude. Uh, usually, we will do anywhere from three hundred fifty thousand up to five hundred thousand uh, for that radiothon. And um, so, I, I don't have. I should have looked up, but I mean, I think it's crazy. Like, oh, we're almost up to twenty million dollars raised over the uh, entire career that we've had that. And then on the flip side, you know, with my AC stations, um, years ago, we got involved with um, CMN and Children's Miracle Network. We no longer do that. But when we did that, we got a very strong um, uh, relationship with one of the hospitals here. And in, in doing that, we have done several um, work with, with Children's Mercy here and several mm -hmm. fundraisers to help Children's Mercy. And then on Casey Casey and... Um, even, even before I was with the cluster, they did a radiothon with Variety Children's Charity. Um, that has morphed many times throughout the years. And um, currently, I actually sit as the president uh, for Variety Children's Charity. And, and we are going into all major establishments from Arrowhead to Kaufman to um, the zoo, trying to make uh, things more inclusive for everyone uh so any kid yeah. or adult with any special needs can go out and enjoy a game or can go to uh the new soccer field and have adult changing tables and so you know it's it's i think from a company standpoint we've always said that um our point is to give back to the community that we are broadcasting in and that we are representing and if we don't spend a large majority of our time on the air trying to do good and and make this community a better place than we are failing. And, and what a better way to start with kids and, and try to um, do a better job with uh, uh, that child's path in life. Man, it is very impressive. And by the way, I know a number of your programmers and I know that they are brilliant, every one of them. Listen, you are a big believer in digital and a big believer in radio. Now, I'm going to slow my roll here for everybody who's in the radio business, because this is weird when we get to talking about digital, we get to talk about radio in the same sentence. What is the importance of each of these to you, in your opinion? Sure. I mean, first and foremost, I am a radio seller. Um, you know, I, I say that, you know, marketing is important and different mediums are important, but I believe full heartedly in, in radio and, and the drive of radio from a massive standpoint of we have this huge, huge megaphone that we get to say anything and everything that we want. And we are heard by thousands and thousands and thousands of people um, to do this. And, and from a branding perspective, in my mm -hmm. opinion, there is no other vehicle that can brand something in such a frequency that can really drive into someone why they should do whatever it is that that call to action is uh, from that spot. And I just think the affordability of being able to do it over and over, we are so um, massively infiltrated with, with all of these messages. And I just believe that radio can really cut through that clutter. It can tell a story um, in such an imaginative, creative way that Thank a lot you. of times you're not able to do. And, and you're not able to envision yourself in that. You know, there are other mediums that that do show things, right? And and But just because they show it doesn't mean that it's a fit for you. Whereas with this theater of the mind, as you're sitting there and being described, whatever that commercial is, you're inserting yourself or you're imagining your house or you're imagining yourself out on a vacation and you're not being told what you look like or what that looks like or what your taste is. And I just think that there's no other better medium than um, radio. Now, on the flip side, you know, talking about digital I do think, you know, obviously that there is a time and a place for all kinds of mediums out there. Um, and, and so with digital in this 
I say emerging medium, but it's been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, people it's still like, talk about it that way, but it's exploding is the right word. Yeah, I mean, for these late late adopters who think this is a, yeah. a new medium, this is, you know, it is just another vehicle to help take whatever that message is and to take it one step further or take it a little more targetable or hit a different area a little more or to mirror, you know, someone's in their car, they're listening to a spot, and then they go in from their car, from their parking garage into their office. And what's the first thing they do? They get on their computer. So the next step obviously is to hit um, a potential customer um, with that message wherever he or she may go. And where they go, we want to be able to keep um, talking to them about what we're wanting them to do. And that is where digital is a great next step once we have the branding and once we have someone thinking and once we've taught someone about what it is that um, that company or that client does, now it's it's taking it one step further to really identify who should do this and why should do it. And let's make sure that we're always top of mind so that they do act like we want them to act. I think you're like me, Mark, in this way that I, I always tell, if you hang out with me long enough, you'll hear me say this like a broken record. Once you have a radio station, you get anything else you want. And sometimes I describe what I mean. Sometimes I say, call me. I'll be glad to describe it to you. In this case, I'm going to do that. So to me, what that means is we have radio stations. We're so fortunate. It is all the things that you talk about. If you layer in creativity, if you layer in speed, if you layer in that imagination and and just the good quality of of putting a, a listener in control of the message almost. They're yeah. in the story. We're wired for that. And then digital comes along. And the way I see that is like, oh, look, this is a badass glove I can put on. <laughs> now I've got I've got a different fashion accessory. It has a different function, but it's great. And it goes with what? Radio. Absolutely. And, and, and even on the um, going down that kind of that, that same path, you know, with digital, the big thing that, that everyone, you know, wants right now is an influencer. And so they're yes. out there searching for all of these influencers and how do I get this influencer to rep my product and do things? And, and we as a medium um, need to remind ourselves and everyone out there needs to know we have built-in influencers that are on our station that have megaphones that have just as many followers listening to them as some of these influencers that are that are out there. Now I'm not going and the Kardashian need, route, right? But well, yeah, but look, we need to tell that story because our influencers are not just like those influencers you're talking about. And you can bring her right into that conversation. I'm good with that. You know why? Because she is not local. Correct. Our influencers are local and focused and powerful, and we don't tell that story well enough. I don't think we do. No, absolutely. We do here. And, and the reason I say, and we don't as an industry, but and the reason I say we do here is because, you know, there, there are some um, major corporations, obviously, that are in this market. And, and you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a route for everyone. And, and you know, so I'm not, I'm not saying anything, but our belief right here is to be live and local. And every single day part from 6 a.m. Yes. until 7 p.m. has a live body in the box doing the show talking to Kansas Cityans on on my four stations and some of our stations have a live body in at night so whereas a lot of people are kind of going the opposite direction we find that the whole purpose of radio is to be live and local and to have companion. that connection and talk companion, about everything companion, with- companion. Absolutely. Everything yeah. that, that you want to do with your best friend and what's going on and, and talk about all of that. And you don't want it to be generic so that it, it's, it fits all across the country. I want you to talk about um, the concert last night. I want you to talk about whatever tragedy might have happened here. I want to talk about how the Chiefs are doing. I want to talk about anything and everything that's Kansas City and that most of the people out there care about because they live in this town. Now, I don't want to put words in Mark's mouth, but what he's saying is we don't want to be your fake friend. We want to be your real friend. Right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we right, do so, care because this is our community. That's right. We're here. All right. Now, uh, you became 
the market manager in 09, I looked this up. So I knew when you said, I think it was 09. I'm like, I oh, know it's 09. I looked it up. <laughs> uh, and, and it seems like your cluster means stability in Kansas City. But how has this job changed for you since 2009? Oh, I mean, it, it's, I think any job changes on a day-to-day basis. I mean, if, if all of us were to go back, no matter what industry someone is in and look at how life has changed since 2009, I think people would be more shocked um, at how much things things move and, and we just don't look back and reflect. But I mean, specifically, you know, here, 09 I took over was, it was right after the 08 crash. Super so fun time. Right. I was coming, you know, off of that. And then things started to get better. And then, you know, we went through another sale um, right. and, and had a new ownership group that, that came and, and purchased us. And so obviously there's there's change with that. Um, right. A lot of new emerging markets that uh, have come up in Kansas City that, you know, have changed on, on both sides of the state that happened. Um, and so you're just you're you're always kind of blocking and tackling and, and moving with it. And, you know, it's so cliche to say, but the only thing constant is change. But if, if you're not changing with it, if you're not seeing what the new, I say, shiny object is, if you're not seeing what's on the horizon and, and whether um, this is a play, then, you know, you're, you're doing a disservice. But if we were to go back 10 years from now, you know, at kind of the start of the Facebook era. And when Facebook was first kind of coming on and, and we were to do a poll of asking people in the industry, do they think that Facebook is going to be the next hot thing and the next uh, um, tool that people were going to use for market and there was marketing and there was going to be a ton of money dumped into this, most people would say no. Nice. So, you know, look at where we are now. And, you know, I mean, yeah, Facebook's probably on the decline a little bit now, but people are yeah. still using it for for marketing. And, you know, what's what's new? So I think as far as change, you have to be looking at what those trends are. You can't yes. just rely on the laurels to say, well, I'm radio, I'm not going anywhere. You've got to see how things might be fragmented and how maybe that there is something that's on the horizon that can help make up for whatever that small fragment is that you did lose that you can still keep talking to them or you can keep keep um speaking to them but i mean i would say every few years there's always something that is going to change there's always going to be something that you know is is supposed to um revolutionize what marketing or what um radio is is trying to be obviously we started dabbling in the digital arena uh, about 10 years ago. So we were really mm. kind of early adopters of getting um, in there. And, you know, as far as change, we've learned a lot. And in, in oh, yeah. we've, we've made a lot of mistakes. We've, we've, we've had to correct a lot of things. Um, but, you know, and, and we're still learning. Uh, I wouldn't say that we're correcting as much, um, but we, we're still learning what opportunities are out there. We're still learning about what are things that we can offer that someone else can't offer. Um, and so all of that was going on. And then you throw in there a global pandemic that I don't think anyone um, Nobody knew that was coming. No, and, and no one knew how to operate, what to do, what was right, no. what wasn't right. Um, I mean, everyone out there, this isn't a woe is me because everyone had to figure it out no matter where they worked. Um, but it was, it, 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 that was clearly a challenge <laughs> and coming out of that, you know, has been a challenge still now, you know, there are still hangover effects and by no way oh, is wait. anyone's revenue back yeah, to listen, where it was. Listen, some people did it better than others too, which means some people did not make good choices. Absolutely. So, yeah. All right. Well, you know, you're going to think of a total smarty pants now because my next question, you just kind of fell right into. I am going to say to let you off the hook in advance, nobody knows the future. We know this because look, if you hadn't known the future, you wouldn't have taken a job as a market manager right before mm -hmm. the 08, 09 bunch of crap that happened. You, you, you would have known exactly what to do and would have been able to predict the 
COVID thing that happened, and you'd be able to know what to do with this inflationary situation we got, right? Yeah, There's yeah. always something, right? But but look, what in your opinion is the future going to look like? What is the future of radio going to look like? I mean, I believe that anyone um, who is operating right now in in the radio space and, and is an operator of radio station, you have got to have um, a digital arm underneath your umbrella uh, yes. to help kind of go hand in hand. Otherwise, you are just handing over money, and and the money is not coming from radio. I and I mean, and in some extent, it is. I, I think that the industry has done a better job when when digital when people were first starting to figure it out. They everyone was taking it from radio and and saying, now I'm using it digital just because it was you know streaming audio and and different things. I do, I think now people understand more that they have to have a digital budget. But our philosophy is that. If you can be one point of contact that is handling multiple areas and avenues mm. from their digital to their radio, to their events, to their anything else, then yeah. you just have more control over the dollar and doing what is right and, and what you can do. And so I do believe that you have to um, have the ability to sell digital. And when I say sell digital, I do not just mean streaming audio. And I do right. not just mean selling commercials on the stream. And a lot of times I'm shocked when people say that, yeah, I do digital, that that's what they're thinking. I'm talking about a, a full spectrum of being able to do anything and everything that someone can do from um, not only display, but also doing, you know, connected TV over the top in yep. anything that's out there, you know, putting ad placements on any streaming services that are out there, you know, selling into Amazon, selling into just different areas, it, having all of these options for a client. If you're not doing it for them, they're going to find out how to do it. And then you're giving someone else control of, of that money and that someone else is going to try to get more and more money from them. So 100%. I, I, and I call this, uh, I, if you are not involved in learning and growing your digital end, I believe that you have what's called revenue leakage. Who wants absolutely. that? Nobody wants that, right? And by the way, you sound awfully like a guy that can get behind my banner, which says, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. You're talking about all these things, events. You're talking about endorsements. You're talking about digital, but not just pedestrian digital. You're talking about anything that you can do in that digital space. It's very impressive that you have the ability to do these things and that you understand that having that depth of relationship with your partners, your advertisers, your business owners makes you somebody that can come up with all these different solutions. So now I'm up to the I'm up to the big question. Okay. If there is somebody who listens to this podcast, whether it's now or whether they, that later they find it in our archive and they go, ooh, Mark, I got to check this out. And they're listening to it. They want to work in Kansas City Radio. What advice do you have for them today? You know, I think right now, um, my biggest piece of advice is to uh, really be passionate and, and it, I almost want to say manage expectations because the world is so fragmented when it comes to messaging that it, it takes a lot of unique creativity to figure out how to get whatever message you're trying to relay to the appropriate party. And, and right. I say whatever message, if you're on air, who do you want to speak to? I just had lunch today with, with, you know, one of my, um, uh, DJs who was talking about an anniversary and wanted to talk about who they wanted to reach. And, and, and their goal is to really talk to um, the millennials and then going even younger from there, mm -hmm. of what radio is missing. And so we had a whole conversation um, about what do we need to do in order to reach that group and how we came about it was you need to be creative and you need to get outside of the same things that are the usual radio answers. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And you need to really kind of dive into different approaches and be creative and to throw something out there. And so that's one angle. And then on the other angle, you know, when you're talking to sellers, again, you're talking about solutions for clients, not just solutions for listeners, but you got to be creative and you got to be tenacious enough to um, know that you have to try many different things and some things might not work and some things might work, um, but you got to be dedicated enough to to keep trying because there is that perfect mix um, that will lead to results. But I think a lot of times in today's time, in today's outlook of life, everyone wants the solutions immediate. Ah, Um, Of course. Give me the magic beans. Right. And when new people start, especially even these days, they're they're very disappointed after, you know, a couple months that they haven't hit it big in sales or that, you know, they don't have this huge following when it comes to the the on air (laughs) side. And it it takes time. So, you know, set your expectations, but know that with dedication and persistence and the right creative strategy, you can get to where you want to be. But it's it's not going to happen overnight, but it doesn't happen anywhere overnight, no matter what industry you go to. That's right. That's right. Great things are not built overnight. Some things can be built overnight, but then uh, bad things happen to those things. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, I, I just can't even tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time and the energy to have this conversation and to be so candid with us. And I've appreciated every single minute of it. Thank you for being our guest. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. Uh, Get more free resources to help your sellers with our Encouraging Sales Success Series. It's inside the free blog at RainmakerPathway.com at any time. We are here to encourage radio pros at all levels. That is a intricate part of our mission, and uh, you'll be surprised at what that can do for your team. Subscribe anytime to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, and Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. Listen to our episodes in our large archive, or remember, we have new episodes every single week. Don't forget this Thursday, big sales event, how we are going to help you increase your revenue in Q4. You're interested in that, right? You will learn unexpected and valuable things in in listening to this podcast and our episodes because we know the value that comes from each one of these episodes. We have great guests. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, email me at simple, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you have a great week. We like to say at Rainmaker Pathway and on the Radio Rally, I've said this more than once, once you have a radio station, you could get anything else you want. Uh, I definitely want to say a special thank you to our special guest for this podcast episode, Mark Harrell. And of course, uh, just for being our patient and giving guest, a very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing our Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which will be available shortly. Uh, he does such fast work and it's so amazing. And just JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others you know that are interested in growing their careers in audio and radio. Subscribe free on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. Please remember this if you don't remember anything else from this podcast event. Be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers. And of course, uh, very much. Good night.